Yeah, welcome again to our Vesak Day morning program and yeah, for the most important Buddhist day in the like from the perspective of Buddhist practice by collecting the birth of the Bodhisattva in Lumbini and the awakening of the Buddha in Bodhgaya and the final ban of the Buddha in Kusinara. Yeah, the usually if people talk about someone, they start with the birth, because that's usually what we see as the beginning point of our life, and then before that we don't know usually. <laughs> um, but in case of the Buddha, yeah, the or like the the Bodhisattva had already like outstanding or marvelous qualities before I became the Buddha, before I realized awakening. Yeah, the Buddha himself, when he talks about, when the Buddha talks about himself before his awakening, he refers to himself as Bodhisattva or more known Bodhisattva is the Sanskrit version of the same word. So the Buddha says that the causes that unfold in our minds where they are going on for several lifetimes. We can have an effect over several lifetimes. And one can already see that in a way at the birth of the Bodhisattva when he was born in, in Lumbini. Because a small child of Queen Mahamaya and King Sododana the Sakyan rulers. So it's in a way not surprising that the, that the Buddha already had some outstanding qualities in, like, uh, at, at that time. And yeah, the one outstanding quality that the Buddha mentions that he already had at his birth and before his birth was his mindfulness and clear comprehension. He says, like bef before he was born as human being, he was a deva, a divine being in Tusita realm. And already when he, when he arose there in Tusita realm, at the, beginning of, at the beginning of his life as deva, he already like reappeared there, like the devas, they don't have a a birth, like in a pregnancy, but they just they're like a spontaneously appear there. And already at that time he had like he appeared there mindful and clearly comprehending. And then he remained there in the Tusita Deva realm, mindfully and clearly comprehending, and then passed away also like mindfully and clearly comprehending and entered the womb of his mother, Queen Mahamaya. So one can obviously see that he already developed a, a very high, well, like a supreme degree of mindfulness and clear comprehension already in like previous lives. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had the sustained quality of mindfulness and clear comprehension. Like already, for example, during the process of passing away and being reborn as human being, 
also the you know so see one other thing that was special about the Buddha at the time of his of the Bodhisattva at the time of his birth already like when when he entered the womb of his mother it was then his mother became naturally virtuous and would observe the five precepts and there we obviously it's not so difficult to imagine that's in in some aspect is even like a, like a scientific fact for example that's uh, for example say if a, if a mother like a woman is pregnant and then she like smokes or consumes alcohol regularly or drugs that this has actually a physically damaging effect on the child so obviously like on the physical level there's some connection between the the mother and the unborn child but then also it's not so difficult to imagine that's the mind state of the mother and also the the mind of the child have an influence on each other because they're so close so obviously if if, if the mother of a mother of a, if the mother of a child it's a meditates or chants then probably also the the child can pick up something of the calm or the loving kindness of the mother or like if yeah like for example chanting the child can already hear that but obviously also the other way around that's if the if the being of the newborn child like the the mind of the newborn child is very powerful then one can imagine it also has an influence on the mother even though it's still like an unborn child then so it, uh, <clears throat> because of he already developed a strong degree of mindfulness a clear comprehension the bodhisattva then also was was born like he could sustain his mind for the clear comprehension during the time of birth and then was able to at least that's what the what the sutta says that he was able to walk seven steps so he had already because of his mindfulness and clear comprehension he was actually able to use his new body <laughs> already at that time to some extent and and also to make a declaration is that this will be his last birth it's also interesting that for example some like a Thai senior monk that I know he said he also when he was young he already had this feeling he doesn't want to be reborn again so one can imagine if if the Bodhisattva the Buddha to be already in previous lives contemplated about birth, aging and death that then already he had this very strong inclination to actually go beyond that or to investigate that and um, the mind has already some tendency towards that and that's that can be seen as an expression of that yeah another thing that's Buddha mentions is that, like, that the Bodhisattva after his birth was protected by four devas, four divine beings, the rulers of the lowest heavenly realm. And it's also something that the Buddha says if like, the, 
depending on how the mind of a person is. The mind can already be similar, like a deva, and then the, the devas actually notice this person and notice that this person is already similar, like that, even though it has a human body, the mind already has these qualities of a of a deva or like a the level of the of the mind is already developed to a high degree, they, they notice that. Another outstanding quality of the Bodhisattva was then the Buddha only relates one event of his whole childhood in, in his discourses. And later then in other stories, there are detailed stories about what he did in his youth and, and so on. But interestingly, the Buddha only talks about one event because that's the in a way the only one that was relevant for his awakening and when he was a child he says when his father the king was never like busy and um, wouldn't check on him he would when he sits down he, he sat down as child under a rose apple tree and he just spontaneously his mind would become calm and he would enter the first jhana. His mind, even though he wasn't systematically instructed in meditation, his mind obviously already had an inclination for calm. And then once like, he was in a quiet environment, his mind would just spontaneously gather and, and become unified. So one can see he already developed a, obviously a tendency to samadhi, in, in previous lives. And that was even like a crucial experience because then later when he was practicing, when he become a re when he became a spiritual seeker and went forth into homelessness, then he actually remembered that experience and he actually saw this this he then became clear to him that this was the path to awakening. The, the Buddha also says later then that that's samadhi, inner karma, peace, but that one can develop, or like one, one can experience like a gradual cessation of sankharas, a gradual cessation of, of, of phenomena. And seeing that in a relative sense and seeing that the mind can get an inclination towards the stilling of, of formations of sankharas after to the peace to nibbana and later when he was already an adult and went forth into homelessness he like he, he remembered this experience and it led him then it was in a very crucial insight before his awakening then which brought him on the right track Another outstanding quality of the Bodhisattva was also his faith or conviction. He didn't have faith in a sp other spiritual teacher or some other religion, but one can see that he was very strongly convinced that there was a escape from birth, aging, and death, and there was some some form of complete peace or like some final spiritual attainment 
and he was looking for that and he was convinced that this actually exists and that he can make an effort to realize that and that's also something very outstanding people usually don't necessarily have that today <laughs> or like also at the time of the Buddha Another thing one can, what's also interesting sometimes, one can, the Buddha sometimes talks about how, how when he was a bodhisattva, when he was already, when he went forth into homelessness, became a religious seeker. Sometimes he talks in his discourses how he practiced and how he reflected and what he paid attention to. And that's sometimes interesting to see already how his mind was working and operating before his awakening. One can see that the Buddha had already a high degree of what it later calls like Yonisamanasikara, wise attention or attention going to the source, or like rightly directing the mind. He already, he already, before his awakening, he had an inclination or tendency to investigate. Yeah, look, looking, looking for causes of something, looking for like investigating causality and looking for causes in his mind, like what's what minds these are there and what's the cause of something and what does it lead to, like investigating causality, or like another thing that he often observe, like pays attention to, something called the gratification the disadvantage and the escape from something. So what is the, the pleasant aspect of something? What is the disadvantage of something? And then how can one escape that? It's also like a way of, a particular way that he already had, like before his awakening, he was already looking at his experience in these terms, which is also, also quite unusual way of looking at things. It was really great determination and diligence, Apamada. He says, he, he describes his practice like he, because he had two things. He realized awakening, he says, he had like diligence with regards to um, non-heedlessness or diligence with regard to wholesome qualities and being discontent with wholesome qualities that he already achieved. So that he would actually continue until he realized the ultimate. Like he, he already before his awakening, he realized like very high, like very very profound states of samadhi, of inner calm and peace. But he was actually honest enough to see that it is not the ultimate peace yet, and he would just continue to search and practice until he actually found the ultimate peace. And that's also like an outstanding quality. Yeah, but on the other hand, also he says in the suttas that he was also free from defilements. For example, he describes in one discourse he he established diligence and so that his mind would not incline towards sensuality, for example. So he yeah, he also had the same five hindrances that we have, for example, or different other defilements. For example, in other suttas he describes at first when he attained certain levels of 
in a calm of samadhi, then his mind would not incline to get his mind would not incline to get even more refined, and to his mind would not incline to even more subtle and profound states of samadhi. But he actually had to develop that. It wasn't wasn't something that just came naturally, but he has to had to make an effort in that direction to develop the mind. Yeah, so one can see that like the Bodhisattva, yeah, whatever, whatever good qualities or tendencies someone is developing, they have a effect. That is, these inclinations continue for a long time. Like if someone develops, let's say, like in general good habits, or develops the mind, practices good actions, these this tendencies, they continue for a long time even over several lifetimes. So it's also like an encouragement for us that, yeah, like the, whatever good actions, whatever punya we make by practicing generosity or by virtue observing precepts, by practicing meditation, by developing insights, this will have an effect obviously in this life, but then also it's these effects, these tendencies, the causality of the mind or the heart, something that continues on over several lifetimes. And yeah, the, this is in a way like a, a law of nature or a law of the Dhamma that this, this causality yeah, has, has this effect. And uh, in a way, the Bodhisattva. The Buddha of Before His Awakening is the most outstanding example for that, how yeah, good qualities developed and they carry on for a long time. However, this, also these tendencies, even if they're very strongly developed, they're not in a way like re completely re reliable. So for that reason, also the Buddha encourages actually not just to yeah, to to continue to practice the Dhamma. And these these tendencies they can last for a long time, but then they can like still fall away from them. And so the Buddha encourages basically people to get out as quickly as possible from samsara and to realize the Dhamma, to to realize something beyond conditions. But the the, the bright actions they lead to bright results but then these results they won't last forever even though they last for a long time maybe but the but only if one actually realizes the Dhamma and, and discovers something beyond beyond causality beyond arising and passing away so they would encourage us that There's some outstanding qualities of the Bodhisattva, the Buddha before his awakening, but mostly Vesak is actually dedicated to recollect the Buddha after his awakening. Like the, the qualities that he has as 
Samasan Buddha as fully enlightened Buddha. In the video, of course, even more outstanding. Yeah, the, 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 the qualities that we chanted in the morning chanting, Arahang, usually like, it means literally something who is worthy, worthy of respect or worthy of offerings. And the, the word that is used in, in Pali, you can see it's usually used for similar like one can say old-fashioned words, but someone, someone like a, a saint or a holy person, like in the sense of someone who is, has reached spiritual perfection. And so the, the Buddha says that the worthiness of a person depends on his actions by body, speech and mind, on his inner qualities. So the obviously the, the purity, like the, the supreme purity of the Buddha and the Arahants, then they, from all defilements, they make them like worthy people. Then the Sama Sambuddha, the perfectly awakened one, someone who, by his own effort, without a teacher, like, realized things as they really are, and realized complete liberation. And then in a way that's the most rare event that such a person, like, that a person realizes awakening as Samasam Buddha is the most rare event in the universe, or like the most rare natural phenomena, the occurrence of a Buddha, one can say. The Vicha Charana Sampano endowed with true knowledge and conduct. Yeah, the Vicha is referring to the three knowledges. At the night of his awakening, in the first watch of the night, he realized that he, he remembered his previous rebirth. And in the middle watch of the night, he saw how the beings get reborn and pass away according to the actions, according to the karma. And in the last watch of the night, he realized the complete cessation of desire, aversion and delusion, complete liberation. And this is the, the three knowledges. And obviously then if someone is liberated, then also it is expressed in his um, perfect conduct by body and speech. Sugato, the well-gone, well literally, someone who has practiced well or discovered the way to true happiness. And the loka vidu, the knower of the worlds, someone who has completely understood causality and by that also discovered something beyond causality. And the yeah, the, the Buddha says even what he taught is only like a handful of leaves in comparison to a whole forest of leaves. So he only taught actually the things which are useful for awakening and all the other things 
that he realized as well he he didn't he didn't teach them because they are not really useful in practical terms so his his knowledge is much much vaster than what he actually taught and yeah, this is basically an expression of the supreme wisdom of the of the buddha the knower of the worlds you can see then the anuttaro purisadam purisadam the unsurpassable trainer of trainable people and we can also see how the qualities of wisdom and compassion are connected the supreme compassion and the supreme wisdom if one, someone understands dukkha, suffering, unsatisfactoriness and the cause is realized the cessation of suffering and found the path leading to liberation then he is also capable of Yeah, he also has this compassion to is effective to actually help other people and instruct other people but the buddha had this to an even higher degree yeah he also had a special ability to know the inclinations and faculties of beings and so after his awakening when he is surveying the world first he sees to what extent the people are obstructed by defilements in his mind inclines not to teach but then he actually sees that they have they've also the faculty of realizing the teaching similar like lotus flowers some are still submerged in the water and some are growing out of the water so so too he sees then beings have stronger weaker faculties and are easier or harder to teach and he yeah, his, his response to seeing that is is immeasurable compassion and he starts to teach um, and both devas and human beings divine beings and humans 